Welcome to episode 12 of the Empower the Game podcast. We're your hosts, Paige Dabrin and Caitlin Smith. The goal of this podcast is to empower women in sports and inspire females who are looking to enter the industry. Welcome back to another episode of Empower the Game. We thought it would be fun to do a special episode this week in honor of Mother's Day. We kind of wanted to talk about how moms can have careers in sports, even though it's a crazy hour job, but how it does not prevent you from being a mother as well. So today's guest is Chris Budden. Yeah, so Chris is a reporter for ESPN, and she primarily covers college football, basketball, and baseball. So she's very busy, and she's also a mom of two kids. So thank you for joining us today, Chris. Thank you guys for having me. As we do with all of our guests, can you start by telling us about yourself and your journey into the sports industry? Yeah, so I um, I really started out wanting to be a news reporter. Uh, my godfather growing up was uh, a news anchor at the ABC station in Dallas. And so I went to University of Missouri thinking that I'd be a hardcore news reporter and eventually uh, took the path into sports because really I'm, I'm someone who takes my work home with me. And I thought... Um, standing outside of a fire or a crime scene day after day would be a little tough on me emotionally. So, and, and really my joy is telling human interest stories. I was an athlete growing up, my whole family is into sports. So um, after Mizzou, I went to Charlottesville, Virginia where I worked in local news at a triopoly for two years. Uh, then went to Knoxville uh, at the NBC station there for six years, then got a job. Um, Then I switched from local news into regional national sports. And that's when I got a job doing sidelines for the NFL on Fox. Paired that with doing the San Diego Padres for Fox Sports San Diego. And then after that, when I got an opportunity to go to ESPN. And from there, I've been got year five and it's grown from only covering college football to now a year long uh, around the calendar job with baseball, basketball, football, and uh, have a two-year-old little girl and a five-year-old boy at home, along with a husband as well, I should say. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely should include that part. <laughs> yeah. um, so I guess going along with that, obviously you did mention your kids and everything. And I know from your social media, they're clearly very important to you. So how do you sort of balance that you know, get, find that balance of being a mom and working the weird and difficult hours that we all know are prominent in the sports industry. Yeah. I mean, the phrase work-life balance, um, I don't love because it's, it's, it's different for everyone. You know, for me, I get joy out of work. And so my work-life balance looks different than my next door neighbors or for someone who doesn't work. Like it, it just, you know, I can't give you anyone like a comparison of here's how you find balance because it's all up to your own perspective of what fills your cup, what brings you joy, um, what you're able to manage. I will say that my job's crazy hours and I'm on the road, uh, you know, during football season every weekend, Friday through Sunday. And while that may, you know, suck at times to leave my kids, you know, like my, my best friend works a regular nine to six job and she never gets to take her kids to school. She doesn't get to go to, you know, their tennis lessons that, you know, so there are parts of the job, like I can manipulate calls and times and stuff to take my son to preschool today or to be able to go to a baseball game, you know, last night. 
because I'm home Sunday, really Sunday afternoon to Thursday during the majority of my schedule. And so I'm actually allowed probably more freedom than a person who works a nine to five job. Or if I was still doing local news and working two to midnight, you know, I would never be home for dinner or bedtimes. So I try and find the positives out of it. Um, You know, and, and I'll say this also for anyone in this business, you know, from Allison Williams and Laura Rutledge, they'll all say like, you being gone also allows your significant other, your husband um, to build a relationship with your kids that they wouldn't otherwise have. Um, And that's been a really joy to watch too. I love to hear that because you're not the first person that I've heard. There's really no work-life balance. So it's good to hear that from you as well. But do you set any specific routines that like help you during the week you know, create this not balance, but in reality, spend time with your kids? Yeah, I live by the phrase, be where your feet are. So that allows me to focus on whatever I am doing at the time. So when I'm with my kids, I say that my kids get 98% of me. I wear an Apple watch. So if I need to take a player phone call and sneak away, then I can do that. But when I'm home, I try and maximize the time that I'm home with them. Uh, when I'm on the road or I'm working, I say like my work gets 98% of me because there's a 2% that's like checking to make sure there's not an ambulance at my house, which has happened uh, when I was on the road. So, you know, it's, it's just, you know, being cognizant of um, enjoying the time that you have with them and, and not thinking, oh, I have all this to do. So a lot of the times I'll wake up early or I'll do work during nap time or a lot of it, I, you know, once the kids go to bed at 7.30, then I bust out a lot of work so that the hours that they're awake, I can really enjoy that time with them. Yeah, I think that's really important. Obviously, I'm a big like routine person and that always helps me too. So I can definitely see that in my future. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I also, I mean, obviously I hear people all the time saying like, if you want to be a mom, this industry isn't necessarily for you and just sort of comments like that. So if you were to like hear someone say that, what would you say to them? Like if they were to think that was true? Yeah, um, that would tick me off. I actually, I I used to write a blog um, and I wrote a blog on this whole topic because there was a correspondent for a national news network. And she said, it's impossible to do this job and have kids. And what is impossible to you may be possible to someone else. What is possible for me may not be possible for somebody else, but I don't think that it's your place to decide what someone can and cannot handle. You may not be able to handle being away from your kids, you know, that often. And that's fine. That's what works for you. Um, I will say it takes a village. Like we were living in LA. Um, My husband had an incredible job coaching the tennis team at Pepperdine. They were a top five program. And it was really hard being away from family. Both him and I, you know, traveled a lot for our jobs. And so, you know, we made the sacrifice to move back to Texas so that we could be three miles from my parents. So it takes a village. Um, It is possible. And I, I hate the idea of like, telling someone to give up on their dreams before they even get started. Um, Because there's plenty of women that do it. Now, like if this pandemic has proven anything, like it's that I think nowadays people are giving more grace. Like if you had ever heard my kids screaming on a conference call, I would have been mortified. 
And now like my kids come in on the Zoom calls all the time because people understand like what's going on behind the scenes. And as long as that continues to be normalized, um, I think that's a, a, you know, a really big thing for women is I don't have to be embarrassed that my kids sitting in here coloring with me because I'm not the only mom, you know? Um, and so the more of this us that there are in the industry, the more comfortable we are with being like, hey, I gotta, I gotta hop off because, you know, you know, my kid's waking up from a nap and, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah, I love to hear that. I think that's something that I even, we, me and Paige have been through this. Like we interviewed someone and their kid had to go to the bathroom and we're like, no, we understand. Like, it's not a big deal. Yeah, so yeah. obviously you're close with um, fellow reporter Molly McGrath and you guys are also podcast hosts. There was a lot of buzz about Molly when she was showing off pictures of her working while she was pregnant. How do you sort of connect with other moms in sports? And do you feel like there's a community in itself? Yeah, there's way more of a community than there was when I was pregnant with my son. Um, I've been pretty open with this, but I hid my first pregnancy um, with him because um, I don't know, because I've, I had this perception that sideline reporters and women in sports had to be young, beautiful and skinny. And when you're pregnant, you feel anything but those things. And so I hit it on air. I hit it on social media. Looking back on it, you know, it, it's, it was the decision that I made at the time that I felt was best for me. But I also realized like I way undervalued my talent, like to think that I only had that job because I was young, beautiful and skinny. Like I had that job because I was talented and good at what I did. So by the time I had my second one, I was like, you know, I rocked it. I was like, whatever, everyone already knows I'm old. So um, let's embrace it. But I think that and I will say that I know that Molly feels this way, you know, having the support of myself and Allison Williams, who's also on our podcast, you know, it gives you someone when you're going through something um, to bounce off of, you know, what should I do when I'm breastfeeding on the road? And what if my hotel doesn't have a refrigerator, like things that you never even think of um, when you're growing up in the industry. And there wasn't a ton of that when I had my son almost six years ago. And it is so much better now um, that we have like this little group. And I will always say like new moms, you need mom friends because you need people that are on, that are going through the same thing. And so now like at ESPN, there's a bunch of us. Um, and so I feel like we do have like our own little, you know, sorority in a way um, who all support each other because we understand how much you need it. Yeah. So, um, obviously you've mentioned too, like you just with that, like you talked about hiding it from social media and everything. And now you are very open about your kids and stuff on social media. So obviously there's talk about that balance too. And like the balance of, you know, your work life being shown on social media, but then also showing your personal life so that you can connect with people and people who are fans of you and everything. So as a mom, can you sort of like speak a little bit on that and how you sort of do that? Yeah, I don't really have a plan, which is, um, I just post what I post. And a lot of it is most of the time, I don't think about the thousands of strangers that are looking at it, but more of like my friends that are, maybe I should have a private one. I don't know. You know, part of it is also like giving people a glimpse as to what, you know, my life is like behind the curtain. Uh, I do know there'll be a day where my son or daughter 
has an opinion about me putting them on social media. So that I don't have a plan. You know, you look at Sam Ponder, you know, she had a whole Instagram for Scout and Scout was on there all the time. And, you know, now she's kind of made some decisions of, of when she does and doesn't put them on there. So I'm not at that stage yet. I don't know that my son will ever say yes or no. He just doesn't even care about that stuff. I'm sure my daughter will at some point and we'll cross that bridge to it when we come to it. But for the most part, the stuff that I post, it's just like, oh, this was fun. And my friends will see it. You kind of forget about everyone else out there who's looking at it. I will say one time it was strange. I, I just got finished with a football game and someone came up to me and they're like, oh, Jace looks so cute at his t-ball game. And I was like, it was a complete stranger. And that's when I was like, oh yeah, all you other people see this stuff that I put on there. That's funny. Cause in reality, we don't think that strangers are really watching us on social media, but they are like, we post so our friends can see what, you know, our lives are behind the scenes, but there's so many people we don't know that are following our accounts. So that's yeah. really and it's, that it's different for each, you know, social media account. Like most of my Twitter stuff, I understand when I post it is going to all strangers. Cause, and, but that's just the perception of the profile that I've built. You know, you put something on Facebook, that's something that I know is only my friends. Whereas Instagram, sometimes I maybe need to realize it's not the same. And there are, you know, creepos or whatever out there so it's just it's it's weird how it's just different for each platform oh for sure so obviously it's a very challenging and competitive industry that you're in sports especially sports reporting do you have any advice for women who want to dive into this industry and maybe those who have thought about this but don't think that they can do it and create a family as well yeah, I, well, I would say I appreciate that people think about that stuff now. I mean, I was so laser focused on where I wanted to get to I, that by the time I had a, like, it was time to have a family, I was like, oh, okay, so how do we, and I didn't, honestly didn't even think about it. We had a baby and I was like, well, figure it out. And we've kind of done that throughout the rest. Like, you can't really plan for how you're going to do something um, when you have a kid because you really have no idea how hard it is or what works, what doesn't work, and everyone needs to figure it out on their own. Uh, I will say find a supportive partner that goes without kids or anything. You know, have someone that believes in your dreams um, because they take you all over. You know, my husband moved from Knoxville, Tennessee to San Diego. Um, quit his job to follow mine. And so that to me has been the biggest thing is find someone who, um, you know, cause there's a lot of no's along the way, you know, I've got turned down from plenty of places. My husband took a video of me after I got turned down from a job in Boston where I have like six chins and a splotchy face and I'm crying. And I said, I want to stick my head in a garbage disposal. Like he still has that video and plays it now because he's like, look, I, I, I knew that you were gonna get to this place. So to me, it's the support system around you um, that, you know, I've ha I had boyfriends in the past that I don't think, I probably would have given up my career for, you know, if they wanted to stay, but to have someone that pushes you. And when I think about all of my friends in the industry of Laura and um, Molly and Allison, like they all have a significant other that like, wants them to make their dreams come true as much as they do. Okay, going off this, this is kind of more a personal question. So I'm graduating on Saturday from the University of South Carolina. And I, I'm telling you, I've applied to so many jobs and I just feel 
you know, stressed out and I've been turned down for so many jobs. And obviously it's hard to get, you're not going to get a sports reporting job out of college. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have for someone who is graduating college and is trying to land their first job? Yeah. I mean, it took me until November. I graduated in May, 2006. It took me till November. I got so many no's. I got turned down from Lawton, Oklahoma, uh, because they didn't want a female driving at night, <laughs> long distances. So again, it just takes one person to say yes, to change your path. I would say every place you apply, look at the bios online, see if you have any sort of connection. I got my job in Charlottesville because I knew the main anchor there because she went to Mizzou. There, in, in this industry, there's always some sort of six degrees of separation. I got my job in Knoxville. I had an agent send in my tape, never heard back. I wanted the job so bad that I just drove in six hours and knocked on the door. Um, And the guy had never seen my tape. So it's okay to follow up. It's okay to make a phone call, even though they'll say no phone calls, please. Like I wouldn't have gotten that job if I didn't drive down there and knock on the door. Um, So it's really hard in the moment to not be discouraged by all the no's, but it just, you know, I got turned down by Boston and two weeks later, I got an NFL Fox sideline gig. So there's sometimes there's no rhyme and reason. You're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Um, Cause it really just takes one person to change your career path. Yeah, and you and I know, think this is the other thing. This is like 18 minutes of advice, but you also never know who's watching. I got my agent that helped me get to Fox and ESPN because I was covering the London Olympics in our live shot location, the person next to me was the sports director at the NBC station in New York City, Bruce Peck. And he, I didn't know him from Adam. And he came up to me at a pizza line the next day. And he was like, hey, I think you're really good. You need my agent. Wow. And that set off a path for me to get this agent who opened the door. I got my foot in the door at ESPN because the guy hiring at the time was a big Tennessee fan and he would watch press conferences and he would hear my questions and was like, who is that girl that's asking those questions? And he looked me up. So then when I eventually applied, he knew who I was. So again, like you never know who's watching or what could be your break. Well, I love to hear that. Yeah, that's awesome. And obviously, and also I think it's important, like there's a lot of people who are getting jobs right away. And I, but like it, everything happens for a reason. So I, you know, I don't think, you know, I could have said no or yes to a job and have a better opportunity in three months. So, yeah. I mean, I stayed in Knoxville for six years and turned down going to, to Atlanta. I turned down going to Nashville because to me, they were lateral moves for what the position was. And so, I mean, there's so many different paths. I get asked all the time by like 24 and 25 year olds, like I'm ready to go to ESPN. And I'm like, but you're not mm-hmm. because let's say you get to ESPN at 24 years old and you make a mistake in front of a national audience. In today's day and age, like that stuff sticks with you. I made boatloads of mistakes, but I made them in Charlottesville and Knoxville and it didn't hinder my career because, you know, if you go someplace too early and you're not ready and you get let go from ESPN at 24, like then what does your path look like? So it's, oh, I didn't get to ESPN until I was 
30 so or 31 so you know every every path is different and don't compare yours to the person that happens to get a job tomorrow that you didn't get you know your path is different and that's okay as long as you know you continue the path even when you get the nose and it's hard and it's discouraging but you know well thank you for that sorry we got a little off topic but i think that's real important for people to hear because i mean that's just real life yeah yeah I think that's super important too. So like, well, and you talked about too being obviously that is discouraging in a lot of ways. And I've had the same issues, like even just with internships and things like that, it's, you feel like you're constantly getting told no, but it really is like you, all you need is one yes. And I've heard so many people say that. So what, I mean, obviously you said your family motivates you a lot, but what else sort of motivates you to like keep going in this industry? Um, just this like, it's a weird singular focus, but this has always been my dream. And it's also what I enjoy. So, um, and I, I've always had a, a pretty good amount of self-confidence. I've shared this story before, but my dad, um, my dad has always like been the tough one, but always been my biggest supporter growing up. And he, when I came home from college one time, I heard him talk, talk to my mom, like, I don't think that she's ready for this or you know I'm, I'm concerned about her choosing this as her career and I thought that was a knock on my talent level and I just remember being like I'm gonna prove him wrong and years later I asked him what he meant by that and he was like I had nothing to do with your talent I just didn't want you to be to take the tough road you know as parents you want your kids to be successful and not have things you know tough on them and he, at the time, there weren't a ton of females in sports. And he's like, I knew that that would be tough on you in terms of the criticism and the, you know, the comments from men. And, and I didn't want that for you. Um, I think looking back, he would say, you know, that's, you know, kind of made me who I am. Um, but I mean, I don't know, like I, as tough as the criticism is from bosses and not getting jobs, like that stuff never ends from viewers. So at some point you just build a tough enough skin that you're like, I don't care. I, I have enough self-confidence that I know that I'm good enough to do this. And you just keep going. I love that. I think sometimes your dad obviously did not mean to like say that to like hurt you, but that really probably just motivated you to keep going. Oh. And so what is your favorite part about being a mom or like, do you think your kids will grow up to play sports or work in sports? <laughs> I, I think each kid's different. Um, I feel like my daughter will be competitive and athletic. My son right now is five and he likes doing sports because he gets to be with his friends. Um, you know, besides me being in sports, like my husband grew up an athlete. He played tennis at Tennessee. He was a coach for 20 years. Um, so all of that is ingrained in our family. Um, I don't know. I don't care one way or the other if they grow up to be an athlete. I want them to do sports so that they're around their friends and so that they stay busy so that they're not at home playing on an iPad. Um, I, I, I will say it took until having my daughter that I was like, no, I'm going to stay in this job for a long time because I want her mom to see, I want her to look at her mom and be like, hey, my mom kicked ass in a business, you know, that was filled with men. You know, my son thinks it's cool because I'm on TV and he can like watch and wave and be like, hi, mom. Um, I hope my daughter has kind of a different perspective of it. Yeah, that's a really good point, too. And I feel like a lot of the moms that we see now in the sports industry sort of 
have that like similar like want for their kids and stuff because I know you mentioned like Laura Rutledge and people like that they're always like posting things like that and everything so I think that's awesome yeah it'll be cool like when when things open up like my son's finally to the age like he would enjoy going to a baseball game you know they've gone when they were like babies and don't remember anything and so to be able to like take them to some things that they can tell their friends about or remember being at the College World Series, um, you know, I, I want that. I want to be in this long enough that they can experience all that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you one more question. And I kind of touched on this earlier with what advice you have to women, but what advice would you give to someone, anyone, male or female, who is going into the sports industry and knowing that they're going to have to start at the bottom crazy hours, what advice would you give? Um, that the people that you work with in those crazy hour, no paid jobs are going to be some of your best friends for life. Like the people that I lived with and worked with in Charlottesville, Virginia, like I'm still close to because you lived with each other and you all were in the same boat of making no money and um, working at the station till 2 a.m., so don't get discouraged by that. I mean, some of the best memories I have are at those times because that was before everyone had their own personal lives and family. So you really bonded. Um, but beyond that, like what I didn't realize is the relationships and the connections that I had at the local level will pay dividends later on in life because nowadays I'll cover a game and I may not see that team again for another three, four years. Like this weekend, I have Sam Houston State and JMU in the FCS uh, semifinals. I had JMU one other time two years ago. I've never seen Sam Houston. So it's hard to really build relationships when you get to the national level. But the people that I covered in Knoxville and Charlottesville, like they're all still in the industry. You know, I covered Bruce Pearl at Tennessee. When I got to ESPN, I covered him winning an SEC championship at Auburn. Same thing with Philip Palmer when he became an athletic director at Tennessee or all the sports information department people. Like at Tennessee, they're all still there. Virginia, they're all still there. Um, so really like take advantage and cultivate those relationships because it really, at the end of the day, it is a really small network um, and, and you don't realize how much you'll use those uh, when you get up to the higher levels. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that's something that Caitlin and I have both seen too, like even working in like student media. I mean, we're around a lot of the local reporters and everything and the SIDs like you were talking about. And I feel like those are some of the most valuable people that you can learn from too when you are young. So that's definitely a really good point. Yes, I love that advice. But thank you again for joining us today, Chris. I'm so glad we were able to do this as a Mother's Day special episode. Yes, so happy early Mother's Day to you. Just thank you so much for having me on such a, uh, a special episode. And for those listening, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Empower the Game. And then you guys can also follow Chris on Instagram at Chris Button. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and rate it. And we will talk to you guys in our next episode.